Namaste. Prayers and Meditations February 13th, 1914 In the silence of an intense concentration, I would unite my consciousness with thy absolute consciousness. I would identify myself with thee, O Sovereign Lord of a Being, Divine Master of Love, so that thy law may become clear and perceptible to us and we may live only by it and for it. What a beautiful sutra we receive. How to know divine will, how to know what the divine wants, how to know the divine law by identification. There is no other absolute way. All else is only a makeshift arrangement. We read a book. For example, we read a commandment. Thou shalt not kill. But we see in the Gita the command is to kill. So there is any book that we... The Gita also speaks of Ahinsa Parma Dharma. But at the same time it also speaks about in that Ahinsa is an inner state. And this outward is an action, which is an outer action. Be in this inner state, then perform an action. But again, if we take that as a yardstick, so ultimately the divine law, by the divine law, we often think it is something written in stone, edicts, forever. Divine law itself is an evolving law, the law of evolving dharma. At one point of time, with one person, the divine law reveals itself in one way. If the person changes, everything changes. In the next moment it will change. That's why the beauty of this law is, unlike human law which gets fixed into fixed dogmas, the divine law is only to help us progress. In a given state, one line of action, one way of life will help us progress. In another state, at another state, another way will help us progress. So every time we try to fix the divine law by the mind, we turn it into a rigid dogma. That's how religions are created. So here he says, I want to identify with your absolute consciousness so that the divine law, I may know that and I may live by it and live for it. But she doesn't say this is the divine law and she gets up and proclaims, thus thou shalt do and thus thou shalt not do. That is the mistake that popular religion tends to make. That is okay for a very crude state you need to tell, but not at the highest stage. Then she says something very beautiful to make life beautiful. Often we read here all about art of life and how to make it beautiful, how to make it grand, at the same time simple, so much complication the mind has created. So she says, How beautiful, grand, simple and calm everything is in the hours when my thought takes its flight to thee and unites with thee. Thought is given to man. It's the easiest, one of the easiest instruments through which we can fly to the eternal. What we have to do? Just think of the eternal. Think of the mother. That is the easiest for most people. There is something still easier, easier. But that is a blessing. But at least thought is given to us. We are supposed to be thinking creatures. Though we are unconscious of our thoughts. 
and most often it's only when we write we become conscious of our thoughts but at least thought is something which we can direct towards the divine and when we do that life becomes simple grand beautiful and calm all of it at the same time and from the day it becomes possible for us to keep this supreme clear sightedness constantly with what an airy and yet short step why she is saying airy and yet short step like in air we float and glide but air is like what is the direction so short step so airy and yet short step we shall walk through life above all obstacles and unhesitatingly so how we'll walk through life by simply letting our thoughts turn toward the divine and becoming aware and identified with his law now she gives us the secret for this i know through experience all doubt all hesitation ceases the very moment one is conscious of thy law how do they cease of course the upanishads gives one of the methods is when the heart strings are rent asunder all doubts vanish but here she is giving us now rendering of the heart strings is not <laughs> simple it happens as an act of grace through devotion bhakti faith but how is it that when the thought identifies with the divine everything becomes clear and simple now one of the problems of action is that we are always caught between two or three or four or more either different goals or different ideas and different ideals what is to be done in this circumstance that circumstance so once mother was told mother people say that you have not given a rule book so mother laughs and says oh a rule book of life that she loves is it possible <laughs> rule book of life do this don't do this if you do this you will go to that heaven if you don't do this you'll go to this hell so what is the rule there is only one rule actually i have a i feel like saying there is no rule the only rule the only rule if one wants to do is what takes us closer to the divine and it can be done under any circumstance any outer situation obstacles become stepping stones so she is giving us that that beautiful understanding and if one perceives clearly the extreme relativity of all human action extreme relativity we give so much importance just to the outer action if you tell the divine so many instances of mother's life when people told about one is a classical one i am not going to mention other once though people would often come like you know this person you know that person once people said this girl you know she is so terrible she is so naughty so this thing and mother recount this experience is there in the agenda and that girl is still alive so she saw with the mother shorobindo's presence forgetting which year it is 60 something and she told i saw like this what did i see is it true mother said i congratulate you because he was present that time with me on that particular moment one of the darshan days was it 24th april which year i have forgotten but definitely in 60s she says 
land, the people, they tell terrible things about her. <laughs> so, and then she would say as always, so much for their judgments. Relativity of all human action. One knows at the same time. So on one side we know the relativity of all human action. Whatever you may do, it will always be mixed. You cannot have a human action which will always bring, everything will be wonderful, everything will be good, everybody will be happy. So there are people who say, I want to, you know, everybody should be happy. Well, you are trying an impossible thing. <laughs> Even God has failed in doing this. <laughs> After all, it's his world, no? Is everybody happy? No, they are not because sometimes you need <laughs> so... One knows at the same time with exactitude and precision which action is the least relative in regard to one's body and one's own way of acting. So it will be still relative. But what is your truth of being, how it has to express itself? You have to follow that. It's your own being's journey, swadharma. So it is, yes, even that will create some damage. But she is mentioning something very interesting with regard to this body. So you have to just take care that in that trying to fulfill your sadharma, you don't go like Raja Shivi that cut my body and I will, for the sake of the dove, he is ready to give his own whole body to Indra. Though ultimately Indra was pleased or like Raja Harishchand. She is not asking us to go to those extremes. We must take care because it is an instrument of the divine, not our own. But it is the least relative in regard to one's body and one's way of acting and all obstacles really vanish as if by magic. Why? Because you are following and fulfilling the deep truth of your own being. All our efforts, O Lord, will henceforth be bent on an ever more constant realization of this marvelous state. What is this marvelous state? Silent contemplation when I am united with thee. And when we are not doing that, our thoughts stretching towards you and trying to identify with your law, your revelation. So in a given situation, the only thing we should pray for is this. In this situation, what is it that you want? How would you express yourself through me? And it will come. It will come. It is something which... Uh, but if you try to do it mentally, with any mental logic, mental ways, then it becomes very complicated. Because for every argument the mind may give in one direction, there is a counter-argument, which it will give, either which way. Moral argument, ethical argument, mental argument. Poor Buddha would have forever argued. Imagine, you know, should I, should I not? People would have sent him to psychiatrists, go for some clarity. Should I leave my wife and go? And he would have said, you are suffering from some neurosis. But thanks to him that he knew clearly what he wants. It's a great capacity to know clear about what you want in life in general. But here where the want is to identify with what the divine wants in our life. This should be done. And then what happens? May the peace of thy certitude awaken in every heart. So we'll close with this last part. First is how beautiful, grand, simple and calm everything is in the hours when my thought takes its flight to thee and unites with thee. So every day we should spend some time and think about the divine.
For this I know through experience, all doubt, all hesitation ceases the very moment one is conscious of thy law. You know what the divine wants. That's the Gita. What the divine wants. If we can know that, life would be so wonderful. And if one perceives clearly the extreme relativity of all human action, one knows at the same time with exactitude and precision which action is the least relative in regard to one's body and one's own way of acting. It's in closest conformity to your own truth. And all obstacles really vanish as if by magic. All our efforts, O Lord, will henceforth be bent on an ever more constant realization of this marvelous state. May the peace of thy certitude awaken in every heart. Namaste.